0: Everybody and welcome to Mom Cooks Fast and Slow. I'm Alex Sullivan, and I'm delighted to have you at my kitchen table. Today, I am speaking with Craig Diamond, an ambassador for Braver Angels, which is an organization dedicated to uniting people across the political spectrum. We discuss his involvement, nationwide discussions held by Braver Angels, the diverse participants, and the organization's long-term vision and goals. Craig also has a background in environmental policy, and our conversation on climate change and fossil fuels highlights the common ground found in Braver Angels discussions, making it one of my favorite episodes to date. If you'd like to get involved with Braver Angels, please see the episode notes for helpful links and emails. I hope you enjoy. Hi, Craig. Welcome to Mom Cooks Fast and Slow.
1: Hi, how are you? Thanks for having me. And um, I'm really looking forward to our conversation.
0: Yes, me as well. Um, I wanted to have you on because you are involved in the Braver Angels organization, which I discovered about a year ago, and I've you know dipped my toes into some conversations in Braver Angels, but, you know, you are, are heavily involved. And so I thought you could come on and tell a little bit about the Braver Angels organization, what the mission is, and then, you know, how you specifically are involved in the organization.
1: Sure. So uh, Braver Angels is um, basically, it's, it's a national organization, it's a non-profit, and its sole mission is to help heal the political divide in our country. Um, which is, seems to be coming, seems to be going worse and worse. That's the perception that we have. Right. Um, So it's, it's uh, a, there's several organizations out there that do this kind of thing where they try to um, heal political divisions. Um, Brave Angels is probably the largest and best known of those organizations. We have um, chapters or we call them alliances in all 50 states. Um, And we have hundreds and hundreds of active volunteers like myself and um, thousands and thousands of of, uh, active members. And um, what we do primarily um, is we put on uh, workshops and other events which are highly structured and moderated. And we bring people with different views on issues together to hear each other Um, to uh, respect each other um, and to try to understand each other in a a safe environment where we say, you know, don't hide who you are and don't hide what you believe. Um, And then we structure these different events and conversations so that everyone feels heard and respected and um, it really works incredibly well. Um, It's, uh, if you participate in some of these workshops, you can come away from them just feeling amazed at your, your, what you've learned and your ability to connect with people that you never imagined you'd be able to connect with.
0: Yeah. I would um, say that I, you know, the reason I joined bravery angels is I live in a very blue state. And to be honest, I was totally out to lunch on politics before 2020. I was like generally a libertarian live and let live. I didn't really pay attention to much. Um, And then twenty twenty. Happened and my brain <laughs> exploded, um, and mm. I felt like any time I was raising questions about a host of issues, specifically, you know, mask mandates and vaccine mandates revolving around my kids, but but among other issues, it was met with outrage and ad hominem attacks, and there were not a lot of um, educated conversations happening between kind of the two sides of the equation. Um, and so, you know, when I saw Braver Angels, I wanted to join because to be honest, I wanted to be heard. There was nowhere for me to be heard, um, in kind of the area that I live in. Um, and you know, that has been great for me in the few conversations I've kind of participated in is you kind of just want people to hear you, have an intellectual conversation about something, and then, you know, you can convince or not convince someone to kind of agree or disagree with your side. But if you feel heard, it's so much easier to exist (laughs) in, in kind of a society or a state that doesn't necessarily totally agree with where you're coming from, but you at least felt heard. So um, that's been kind of my experience with Braver Angels. Um, You know, what, what specifically is your role at Braver Angels and, you know, what topics have you guys kind of discussed in, in, Connecticut.
1: Sure. Well, if you don't mind, I'd like to take a few minutes to tell my story
0: Yeah, please. about, do.
1: about how I got involved in Bravery Angels and also how I've evolved politically um, over the last three years or so. Um, so uh, I'd say up until, uh, really up until, I'd say like January 6th of 2021, um, I was a fairly typical what one would might perceive as a fairly typical liberal. Um, I got most of my information from media that uh, I came to realize really is very biased. Um, But so, you know, New York Times and The Atlantic and The New Yorker, um, um, those are the main, uh, you know, news outlets where I got my information that, and I developed over the years just, so many assumptions I didn't even know I had about people and about who's right and who's wrong and who's smart and who's not, you know, and these become assumptions that are so far back in your head that you don't even realize you have them. It's just for you. It's like, this is the way it is. You know, and so, uh, basically on January 7th, 2021, I was talking to one of my dearest friends. We've known each other for 50 years. Um, He is a huge conservative and Trump supporter in Indiana. We were talking on the phone and we started to get into a big argument about what had happened the day before. And, um, you know, after I ended that conversation, I hung up and I felt terrible. And I said, I'm not going to I'm not doing this anymore. I'm not going to throw away a 50 year friendship. I mean, talking about we've known each other since kindergarten. right? Talk to each other every week. Um, you know, I'm not going to throw that away over this. So literally that night, I, uh, I'm i Jewish, so literally that night I, um, I sat in on, a I think it was a, a Zoom <laughs> Shabbat service, listened to the rabbi. Um, I talked to my own rabbi and I just started thinking about things. And then from that moment on, I decided I was going to study conservatism and really, really understand um, conservatism and where people along the conservative spectrum are really coming from. So I, 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 read, I read books, I, I changed my media diet, if you will, and I now get all kinds of different publications, both from sort of the liberal side of things and from the conservative side of things. And it's been an amazing journey for me uh, because I, I feel so much happier, not hating and being frustrated and disgusted I don't have any of that anymore. Now what I want to do is just bring people together, mm-hmm. um, which is so much, such a much happier place to be than being angry, you know, and frustrated. So that's been good. And then Braver Angels um, showed up in my life a few years ago. I was looking for an organization just like this. I thought, hmm, I wonder if there's some organization that brings people together and talks about stuff and boom, I found it. So, uh, and my role is I'm a very active volunteer in Connecticut. I'm on what we call the uh, Braver Angels uh, Connecticut Steering Committee. Steering Committee is basically six of us that are very active volunteers and, and engage in other people and uh, workshops and events across Connecticut. And so that's um, that's my role. I actually, uh, I'm a, a part-time professor of public policy at Sacred Heart University, but my other job is basically at this point right now is doing Braver Angels volunteer work. <laughs> because um, I enjoy it so much, and I see so much potential in it. And, um, yeah, so my role is as part of the, uh, a steering committee, which, uh, uh, you know, basically um, helps other people get involved in Connecticut.
0: And what conversations have you guys hosted in Connecticut so far?
1: So, uh, well, before I joined, we did um, some workshops on um, critical race theory, Believe, Um, and then after I've joined, we have uh, done. uh, We did a a conversation with um, uh, Steve Harding, who is now um, state senator from the 30th district, and then also Kristen McCarthy Vehe, who's a a representative uh, from uh, Fairfield and a little bit of Bridgeport. Of course, Kristen is a, a Democrat, and Steve is a Republican, and we brought them together in a, a discussion with the founder of Raver Angels, um, named Bill Doherty. And so he, uh, uh, you know, had a nice conversation about how people with different political views can relate to each other. Um, we also last year, we did, um, no, I'm sorry, uh, earlier this year, in May, we had an event um, at the Westport uh, Public Library, uh, where we um, brought together um, an author named Monica Guzman, who uh, wrote uh, a book called How to Have uh, Courageous Conversations. Um, And she is a, 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 you know, leans liberal, and then brought her together with a discussion um, with a person named Wilk Wilkinson, who is a um, conservative. um, And he has been, he's sort of a national Braver Angels ambassador, um, well known, as is Monica, and then uh, Lucy Mapletanchel from uh, CT Public basically moderated a discussion between them, which was really wonderful. Um, we um, have uh, basically partnerships with, um, with Connecticut Public and with the Connecticut Conferencing Municipalities. Um, they're called what's what called our Braver Network, so we do a lot of events with them. Um, actually, we're doing one uh, uh we're doing one today, actually. Um and then speaking of events uh coming up this Saturday, um we are doing a um uh workshop on the COVID divide. And uh Braver Angels feels um that there is just so much um uh hurt um and that's not being talked about um uh, f- and and trauma really from the the pandemic uh no matter what your your Opinion is about it. Everyone went through some level of trauma in their life, and everybody, you know. And so we believe that there is a really big need to get people with very different perspectives on how the government handled COVID to bring them together and have a conversation, a structured conversation about it. So we're having that um, workshop this Saturday um, um, at uh, the Berlin Public Library in Berlin, Connecticut. Um, so if there's anyone uh, listening to this uh, before October 21st, this Saturday, perhaps you can uh, uh, join us there. So, And yeah. at the end, I could give you you know, my contact information and how people can get that information.
0: Yeah, that would be great. Um, I know I'm sad that I won't be able to make it, but I have uh, gotten in touch with... I, there seems to be kind of a, a national need to have this conversation. So um, I, I don't think this is going to be the only conversation that Braver Angels hosts around, you know, COVID. Yeah, and this is a
1: pilot. This is actually, a, a, um, I should mention this is a pilot. Uh, we have one this Saturday in Connecticut and there's one uh, next week in Tennessee. There might be one in Ohio soon. And then we're gonna learn from those pilots and then we'd like to roll this workshop out uh, nationally. So that kind
0: of leads into my next question of what is the long-term goals of braver angels? Like it's important for people to come together and have conversations and talk about things that they don't necessarily agree on. You know, I think by nature, braver, braver angels kind of attracts people who are intellectually curious. And right now it seems that the intellectually curious are being excluded from the wider conversation Um, in politics, it seems we kind of hear the screaming from both sides and we're not getting the nuance, um, that people that join Braver Angels usually have. So is there, you know, a long-term vision of how Braver Angels spreads? Um, is there a way that Braver Angels gets involved with policymaking at the, you know, government level? You know, what is kind of the, the path, the vision, the future for this organization?
1: That is a fantastic question. I'm glad you asked it. Um, so our, our vision is to basically, uh, transform our country, <laughs> uh, in a nutshell. Um, we feel that our country, uh, well, first of all, we're, we're, we're rooted in, in actually very patriotic, uh, uh, background, meaning we, we want to build movement, um, of healing, um, that's based on patriotism, both sides, that. <laughs> right? Um, that we all love, we all love our country, um, and that we want to start with that. And um, so, yeah, we we want to, uh, you know, get uh, involved in all parts of society. So we want to bring people together in education, both in public education and university level. We wanna bring politicians together. When I say together, I'm, I'm not trying to sound like Kumbaya. Um, together doesn't mean that you, right, you all uh, you know, go to a mountaintop and, and, and you know, when I say together, I mean actually listening to each other
0: mm-hmm.
1: and saying, you know, it's okay, I disagree with you, you disagree with me. Let's try to learn little nuggets from each other that we can agree on. Um, but even if we don't agree, we respect each other, uh, our views, and we respect each other as human, as fellow human beings. So that's what I mean by coming together. I don't mean you know, sounds so like go to summer camp, you know. <laughs> uh, but we want to do it at the political level, at the educational level. We want to do it, you know, in business. We want to do it um, in in faith-based communities, and we actually have programs that we're, we're starting to build in all of these different arenas of life, um, and to to basically. Uh, create a movement that, and, and you're right that it does, that Brave Randall's does tend to attract a certain kind of person. So it tends to attract people that are a little closer to the middle.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It also does tend to attract people that are intellectually curious. Uh, my feeling on this, my personal feeling is that we're going to have to kind of start in that middle, grow that middle, but then also figure out a way to have that middle kind of bring in like magnets, bring in those that are a little bit to the left and right of them or people that are a little bit angrier than the Braver Angels community is. Find a way to bring them in and grow it little by little. And I see this as a long term thing. This is not something where next year all of a sudden we're going to be great. You know, this is a this is a decades long thing, but we do we do see it as very hopefully very transformative.
0: Oh, I, I love that. I hope that it takes off. Um, I thought it would be a good idea to kind of show an example of how a conversation in Braver Angels goes down. Um, yeah. I I saw in your background, you're, uh, you've spent a long career in environmental policy. Um, and you know, I, my background is in commodity trading, specifically in energy. Um, my husband's an oil trader. I would say we're probably pro-fossil fuel family. Um, but that being said, I feel like there's a lot of things that I agree with, with people of your background. And the differences is, is you know, where the next step is versus what the actual issues are. Um so, you know, I would I, like you to kind of take the lead of how the conversation would progress as a Braver Angels ambassador, and then we can kind of go from there.
1: Sure. So I'm going to start. So uh, Alex, really cool to hear that you and your husband are involved in the commodity uh, energy trading and that your, your, your husband currently does oil trading. So tell me a little bit about um, that business. Like what actually does he do? And I'm, I'm really curious about that.
0: Yeah, so he was a engineer by trade. He worked for ConocoPhillips for a long time. Um, and he was, you know, one of the guys that was making sure that gasoline was being made and it was being done in a safe environment. And, um, you know, he was the guy that was making sure your car was was running. And then that, you know, moved over into working for a bank in the research sector of, oil and oil products, and that's where we met. I was working on the commodity trading floor as well, and I covered all commodities. So that means agriculture, metals, as well as oil and gas. Um, And now he works for a trade shop who moves oil and oil products around the world um, and deals with all different types of countries, all different types of people, in making sure that fossil fuels are getting produced and to the places they need to get to to sustain societies. Um, you know, America isn't the only place that uses fossil fuels. There's a lot of very poor countries that are just starting to use fossil fuels that originally were using coal and wood and um, much dirtier um, energy than fossil fuels are. Um, And so that's, you know, kind of how we are both involved in that sector. We see see the world from an energy perspective outside the U.S. versus, you know, sometimes it feels like the developed countries of Europe and the U.S. look at it strictly from their perspective and don't take into account a lot of poorer countries that, you know, are just starting to receive the benefits of what a world looks like with fossil fuels.
1: Right. Yeah, it's uh, very different. The, the needs of the United States and Europe um, and other highly developed countries very, very different, right? Particularly from the poorer countries in the developing world. Yeah, mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you said that you were. You mentioned that you're a, a "quote-unquote" fossil fuel family or something like that. <laughs> so what, is that um, what does that? What does it mean to you? Like when you say that. Um, Give me a little more detail about that.
0: Sure. So I would say that, you know, we are, we are not climate change denialists. You know, I think my husband actually is very into recycling. He comes from a very, you know, liberal family that wants clean energy. doesn't want, you know, bad things to happen to our environment. But also we are realists about how important fossil fuels are to our everyday lives. Every single part of our life is touched by fossil fuels, whether it's your makeup or your clothes being made or yes, the gasoline in your car or things like that. Um, And we would love to see the world go in a cleaner direction, but not at the expense of putting people into poverty, making gas more expensive for the average American or, you know, turning. I mean, if you look at what happened in Uh, Sri Lanka, when they tried to go uh, all in on um, clean energy, it kind Mm -hmm. of took out their economy. Um, Also, there are places like China and India who are still burning garbage or turning on coal plants. And, you know, to get them to use more fossil fuels instead of the dirtier fuels is actually more important than saying go straight to wind and solar power. I think there's also um, an argument to be made for you know, we want things to be as cheap as possible to make a lot of people have more money in their pockets to provide for their families. And people are arguing right now that cleaner energy is getting to parity with fossil fuels, but that's only because of government intervention, which in effect means a lot of your tax money is going towards making those at parity. So are you really, is it really a parity or, you know, is it not? Um, And so I think, you know, our position is yes, Let's move toward a, towards a greener world, but not at the expense of a lot of people in this world and a lot of, you know, working class and poorer people who n- need fossil fuels as cheap energy right now. So I'd love to hear kind of your mirror reflection of that from an environmental policy and you know a, a climate change perspective.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, I, I wear I, c- I can wear several different hats in this conversation. Uh, uh, I. Well, having worked on these issues and thought about them for so long, I could, you know, I could spend like ten hours talking. <laughs> <with
0: you. laughs> I'm sure. I, well, I, I know you're probably way more educated on this than I am.
1: No, I'm just trying to think of a way to to, uh, to respond in a way that's helpful uh, to your listeners. I, you know, um, first of all, I just want to respond to what you're saying. I, uh, I agree that um, that it, it doesn't make sense. Um, to basically say, you know, we're going to shut down every coal plan or we're going to, you know, we're going to uh, have every car is going to be electric by a certain amount of time um, or to try to force uh, countries to adopt technologies that they're just for whatever reason not ready to adopt. Um, you know, I've, I've also heard of similar situations with agriculture where I forget the, the countries, but there was a couple of cases where, you know, with the green revolution, they were uh, they were trying to bring, you know, a very clean agriculture to certain certain countries, and they weren't ready for it, and it actually made things worse. You know, so some you do have to be careful with how you just sort of try to, uh, you know, have the same uh, solution for everybody. Um, now, in terms of what you said about, you don't want you you, you want. You want clean energy but not at the expense of people who are in poverty and need to raise their standard of living that is that is what um, i find so interesting about uh, global sustainability challenges which is if you look at global sustainability kind of take out the politics of sustainability and and uh you know wokeness and corporations and and that kind of stuff you kind of put that aside for a second to me the challenge of sustainability is How do you lift people um, out of poverty, out of suffering in a material way without then um, further damaging our ecosystems um, and um, our environment? Um, How do you do that? And to me, that is what sustainability is all about. Um, That's the central question of sustainability. And so you've really hit that on the nail on the head. So there are trade-offs, right? Um, if you try to phase out coal and phase out oil very, very quickly, you're doing. You might be doing the environment and ecosystems a favor, but you might be doing people. You might not be doing people a favor. So there's that trade-off, and so that's what to me that's what that's what global sustainability is all about. Um, you know, uh, I'm not. Uh, you know, in terms of climate change, uh, I. I've always believed um, in the science f- um, from you know, the international organizations that do the science, the IPCC. Um, but um, I actually personally want to understand it better because I know I do know that the science gets thrown around by people based on what their agenda is. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I have want, I haven't had the time recently, but I really wanted to figure out, I want to go look at the science myself. And I wanted to see what is it saying from my perspective. And, you know, most people don't have time to do that, but I've, I, I, I do theoretically <laughs> anyway have time to do that. So that's something I want to do because I think that's very important for, for people to uh, dig, dig into that science and be able to, to then when when they hear an opinion being addressed by a, a journalist or or, an opinion, or a politician to say, well, it seems a little extreme to me or, well, you know, you're not really reflecting that, right? Or, you know, so that's I, I do think that's a huge problem with climate change is uh, how the science gets applied to, to uh, into politics into different situations. So that's kind of where I come uh, at on, on climate change. Um so, yeah, I guess my, my views are not that much different than yours. Uh, <laughs> See, sorry, I just, mean, This sorry is such just a good point.
0: example, though, of I find a lot of Braver Angels conversations that I have result in that, like, oh, we actually agree on so much. There's actually a ton we agree on. And there's maybe one nuance here or there that we don't. Um, but I, I do find a lot of these Braver Angels conversations result In that, I mean, have you found that as well? Oh,
1: completely. Yeah. Uh, Even if, um, let's say, I had my answers were very different, um, hopefully we could have found found some common ground even in that. Um, I mean, maybe it would be as basic as, yeah, we both agree that we want cleaner energy. Mm -hmm. Right. We both agree on that, so that's good. Yeah. (laughs)
0: That's a start. I I think the stereotype would be when someone looks at me with the husband of an oil trader or myself, you know, trading commodities on Wall Street, it's like, oh, you deny climate change. And it's like, well, that's that's actually not at all what our our viewpoint is, you know, and and you kind of break down that that stereotype that you see. I mean, when I looked at your background before we had this conversation, I was like, Oh, he's probably, you know, mm-hmm. gluing himself to a painting somewhere on the weekend. Uh, that's funny. <laughs> Um,
1: yeah, that, see, that's that's perfect. That's why having these kinds of conversations is so important. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not a tree hugger, although uh, my wife t- likes to tell the story that on our second date, actually, we were in California and we were going on a hike with the redwoods and actually <laughs> hugged a tree because they're actually if anyone's <laughs> done that, it's very they actually very soft. The bark is <laughs> so I hugged a, I hugged a tree. But anyway. But no, I'm not a tree hugger at all. I, and, and I, I look at it this very much from a business perspective. Um, I've actually taught business sustainability and studied it. Um, I've led community-wide efforts to build sustainability programs in communities. Um, and you know, it's it's I, I'm so interested in, in business and sustainability because it it really gets to um, what is the role of business uh, and what's the role of government? What's the role of activists and environmental issues? So I take a very high level um, and I think pretty balanced view. Um, I guess where I maybe more come down on the liberal side of things is that I do worry a lot that my children and grandchildren may inherit a big mess. Um, I don't know what that mess is going to look like. I don't think anyone really knows what that mess is going to look like. But not just climate change, but you just look at at global ecosystem uh, and natural resource problems, there's a lot of problems. and mm-hmm. you know the, the thing that I like to tell, to tell you about is uh, a long time ago where this thing came out of Europe, this idea called the natural step. And um, the natural step basically talked about this, this, the science behind you know how long can you dig stuff up from the earth's core, do stuff with it, and then throw it away above the Earth's crust? How long can that go? Until you either run out of the stuff that you dig up from beneath the Earth's crust, or how long you can go before that stuff that's now out above the Earth's crust starts to really degrade mm-hmm. um, either public health or animal or ecosystem health. Or, so if you think about it in that way, either way we're, we we need to change, right? Because either mm-hmm. we're going to run out of stuff that we desperately need because it doesn't renew, right? Zinc doesn't renew, and coal doesn't renew, and fossil, you know, uh, uh, oil doesn't renew. Lithium, None of this
0: stuff, lithium doesn't renew either. Nothing renews. So yeah. we take <laughs> it all up
1: and we have great stuff, but then it's like, okay, okay, now what? And then also, okay, we've got a lot of this bad stuff floating around in the environment, a lot of poisonous stuff. So I like to think of it that way too, is really we're really heading towards a problem. But I also understand sort of the more conservative view is like, hold on, take a deep <laughs>
0: breath,
1: you know, don't go, you know, really look, look at the science and try to look at the science objectively, you know, and let's talk to each other. Mm-hmm. People that want to take a slower view, you know, this would be the mom cook slow, right?
0: Yes, but, <laughs> you know,
1: so Let's take a slower, you know, the slow view, let's take a deep breath. And then there's like the activists like, Oh my God, the world's coming to an end. Let's see if we can like bring those two perspectives together because that the reality is, is those are the two perspectives, at least in this country, that there are. Right. So you, you can't deny that, you know, half people want to maybe going a little slow and half people are freaked out. OK, but you're not you're not going to change each other, but you can come together and you right. can come together with some solutions that reflect um, a, like a, a nice soup of um, different people's perspectives and move forward in a positive way as opposed right. to just fighting each other all the time.
0: Viewpoint diversity is big. Yeah big winner in all of this. Right. Um, well, great. Well, thank you, Craig. Um, so, you know, how, how is best for people to get involved with Brave Angels? I mean, I discovered Brave Angels through Coleman Hughes's podcast. Um, and so I kind of just Googled it and figured it out, but you know, um, specifically I guess to Connecticut, but in general, what's the best way for people to reach out and find Brave Angels?
1: Yeah. So I think the, the best way is I can just, uh, give you my uh, email. People can reach out to me, or I, I'll give you the Connecticut Braver Angels website.
0: Great, They're I'll include in the, those in the notes in the Yeah. Okay. So
1: uh, my my email is c diamond at braverangels.org. And the uh, Connecticut Braver Angels website is ct.braverangels.org. That's and... probably the best way to get involved. And uh, I'd say, you know, you could start just by uh, looking, you know, maybe participating in some of the events online um, or you have people are happy to email me, I'm happy to talk to them about it um, or hook them up with people who, um, you know, they may want to talk to you about it, you know? So yeah, that's how I would suggest getting, getting started.
0: Okay, great. Um, and to conclude this episode, um, I'm going to ask you the same question I ask everyone because I think the most important thing is family and community and, um, organizations like Braver Angels trying to bring people together is a great example of community building. So what is your favorite family tradition and why?
1: So you're going to like this one. Okay. (laughs) Uh, My favorite family tradition is Passover. Okay. Um, and uh, and because we do it every year, now, the we has changed over the years. As grandmothers and great mothers have, great grandmothers have passed away, and uh, it, every time there's a a, a a loss like that, kind of things shift a bit, and how we do things and where mm-hmm. and who it kind of shifts. But you know, I, there's always been Passover for me in my life, and I love it because it brings our family members together. We we sit around the table. We, we engage in, in traditions that are thousands of years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, I love the, 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 food traditions. And I also enjoy talking about, you know, the, the, how the messages of Passover apply to, to current, uh, our current world. And, you know, I, I now, I usually lead the, the um, my grandmother used to do that and now I do it. Um, and, uh, I like to stop and say, okay, you know, what is, what's the lesson here? You know, if this thing was going on 3000 years ago. What's the lesson for today? Not just for Jewish people, but for our world. And so those are some of the reasons why I really enjoy, um, enjoy Passover. Definitely my favorite family tradition.
0: I love that. I love it. Um, well, that's why I mean, I,
1: who's probably not as good as Italian? <laughs>
0: Well, you know, uh, I'm from Long Island. So, Long Island, yeah. you're either Jewish or Italian. You're all the same. You know, it's all the it's same. True. It's very same, true. What do they say? Like, same mom, different food? Something like that.
1: <laughs> it's true. It's like, eat, eat, right. eat. eat. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And we all have way too much to say to everyone.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I'm Italian from Long Island. I love it. Yes. Um, yeah.
0: Um, well, great. Well, Craig, thank you so much for coming on. And I really appreciate this conversation. I appreciate Brave Bye. Angels. And I look forward to seeing what the you know organization has to offer going forward. So I'm excited.
1: Thank you. And I just wanted to mention that if anyone's interested in that workshop coming up this Saturday, uh, feel free to, to email me and I can you know, send you some information on it.
0: Great. Perfect. All right. Thanks, Craig.
1: Thank you so much. Right. Bye-bye.
0: Just a note at the end of this episode, I had a house full of family this week for my nephew's first birthday, so I wasn't able to get this episode released in time to sign up for the Saturday discussion Craig mentions, but please reach out if you're interested in learning more.